0: Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness, medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late, or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, This show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path, and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me, who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Third Chances. And today I have as a guest entrepreneur, author of book named, I may not be Michelle Obama, but damn it, I turn out all right, <laughs> and public speaker. Janet Butts is a founder of JNE Enterprises of Charlotte and Comma Period Publishing, and she also produced her Janet B TV. Wow, but most importantly, Janet, Exemplifies unwavering resilience. In 2017, she faced a life altering moment, instantly becoming an amputee due to devastating automobile accident that claimed her left hand. Janet's story extends beyond adversity. She has redefined her narrative and emerged as a motivational keynote speaker, accomplished author and dedicated trauma recovery coach. And today, she passionately shares her journey, not just as a tale of survival, but as a powerful testament to the beauty of overcoming trauma. Janet, it is so nice to finally meet you in person, and thank you so much for making time for my podcast.
1: Vera, it's my honor. I am so excited to be here with you today. I'm, um, I, I've am I been thinking about this for weeks now, and I've just been really, really, really reflecting on the conversation that we're going to have today, which I'm very excited about. And also just to have a nice conversation with you. Yes. You know, it's,
0: it's, uh, it's, uh, we obviously spoke before because I, when you reached out, I, I wanted to know who you are and what sure. you want to say. And it's, it's, it's interesting how people reach or I reach out and divine providence just put Completely random people together that have so much in common. And I really admire you for what you went through and how you are dealing with it going forward, because that's enough for some people to completely give up on life and become victim. And, and rightly so, you know, there's a lot of things that happen to each of us that define them for years going. Absolutely. If you don't mind going back to that moment, what what did you do before you went into the accident? What what were you doing before? What was your life plan then?
1: Right, right. Well, listen, thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story with your audience. Um, One of the things that I am the most, um, I don't want to use the word proud, but the most enthusiastic about is that the things that I've endured throughout my life that I would call trauma circumstances are things that I can look back on now. And I know, as you mentioned earlier, which was so beautifully said, divine intervention, divinity protected me. And so I know that that I have already that in my spirit, but even more importantly, what I want my uh your guests to know is my intent and my desire to be resilient as the word you used yes. over the circumstances. Now, I can go back to my childhood as far as trauma is concerned. Uh, But it was the accident that kind of gave me insight, not just about how I need to live my life now, but also the role that I need to play in my recovery process, the role that I need to understand. And so we have this term used by society called PTSD or named PTSD, and it's addressing post-trauma um, I'm sorry. Um, post-traumatic, post-traumatic
0: uh-huh.
1: Um, um, um disorder. Yeah. Post-traumatic something disorder. Yeah. But and that goes to show you how important it is to me, but I wanted, I really want to change the dynamic about how we think about people who've been through traumatic situations and have overcome them. And so now, and this is what I love talking to people about, instead of thinking about it from a post-traumatic disorder. I lost my left hand, but by no stretch of the imagination is that a disorder for me, nor do I see myself as disadvantaged or do I see myself as disabled because I still do everything that I need to do, but I wanna stay on that point for just one moment. I'd like to change the narrative and I'd like for the narrative to be more about powering up through self-discovery, Vera. Yeah. Powering up through self-discovery. Let's make PTSD something that makes us think more about ourselves in our recovery process. And I'll give you an example. So um, as you mentioned, it happened in 2017 at the time I was driving for Uber and I was doing my shift. I had just dropped a passenger off and got a ding for another passenger immediately So in route to pick up the other passenger, um, I was driving in a new development. And as I was driving in the development, I'm going one way and the driver was coming the opposite way. With no stop signs on either one of our side, I drove and he drove. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he struck my truck and in the impact, the truck flipped. And so because my window was open, I felt like just in a in a, a mode of panic, I put my hand on the outside of the car. Oh. And so what happened was it crushed my hand as the car flipped and landed. Um. I don't wanna say that I went into shock because I was more like, am I okay? And I kept touching myself to make sure that I was okay. I saw my hand separated from my arm But for whatever reason, that didn't bother me as much as am I okay? Because just two years before that, I had had an accident where I was hit head on and all of my insides were crushed. So I was just broken up all inside. Um, I was airlifted to trauma surgery um, at a local hospital here and- I remember very vaguely conversations going on around me with the physicians. Um, So I was sedated. What I found out later, the following morning, the surgeon came in and um, she, she very gently, very kindly, very sweetly said to me, woke me up. And she said to me, we are um, so glad that you're alive. Unfortunately, we were in a situation where we had to make a very quick decision and we were unable to save your hand. And I saw my arm completely bandaged up, like kind of similar to the way that it is now, I don't know if you can see that or not. And I remember so clearly, I looked down at my hand and my arm, my residual arm, and I said, okay. And I looked at the surgeon and I told her, okay, But the most important moment was when I looked up and I said to the heavens, okay. Because I knew in that moment, Vera, that I had a decision to make. My decision was, are you gonna live or are you gonna die? And that is the decision that we don't even think about when we are in traumatic situations. My decision was not only to live because I thought to myself, if I lived through this, because I later found out that not only did I bleed out and I needed um, six units of a blood transfusion, fusion, but I had a heart attack during surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I said, if I'm here, I'm meant to be here. So I began to go on the journey of discovering okay w- what is this all about what is this all about what is this all about oh my goodness this is about recovering from trauma yeah but Janet, and so now me, i'm me, sorry
0: let me stop you for a second because you elegantly skipped over things that happened before that that were as well dramatic you know like probably insanely where, yes. When you mentioned yes. another episode, another, another, uh, uh, automobile accident that you were involved two years earlier. And, and you even mentioned stuff that was going on in your childhood, Yes. where that strength come from, why, yes. why that decision came then and not before.
1: Do Correct. you, well, you
0: ever reflect on that? Do you know where it came from? Did,
1: that's what the book is all about that's when I take it all the way back to my childhood. Again, I'm asking your permission to be as straightforward as I possibly can. Absolutely, that's why I I'm want <laughs> your audience to know I mean not to offend anyone, yeah. um, but I think that it's best to tell the story exactly the way that it occurred. And so why now and not then? Because I did not have the wherewithal. Yeah. I didn't have the maturity to understand those things that I was experiencing that I misunderstood to be something else. For example, um, between the ages of nine and 11, I was sexually abused or sexually molested by my mother's companion who it was a, um, it was an infidelity relationship. Mm -hmm. And he took a, a liking to me for lack of a better term. And before long began molesting me when you're nine and when you are 10 and when you are 11 years old other than being absolutely disgusted you don't understand what's really happening
0: exactly yeah
1: you can't grasp that this man is violating you and so that is where things began
0: what did you feel at that moment when you were a kid did you did you feel confident enough to talk to your mom about it, or did you just keep it for yourself?
1: I kept it to myself because, unfortunately, in my attempt to discuss it, I just made matters worse. That's because
0: really, what happens, unfortunately, it's really
1: yes, in so many instances, and so this is why my decision to write it down, Vera, is so critical because it was so healing. It's a I thing. got an yeah. opportunity to see it through my own eyes and tell my story my own way. So that was where it all began. Then we had an incident where I was in elementary school in New York City. That's where I grew up um, as an um, a New York Rican. I like to call myself, we call ourselves New York Reicans. Um, Being bilingual, I am half black, um, half Black and half Puerto Rican. I do oh, speak Spanish funny. fluently, which is one of my favorite things to tell people is that I deadly, love the fact... Deadly combination. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Don't mess with her.
1: Don't yeah. mess. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, But yes, Um, the music teacher took a liking to me.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: The difference between what happened with my mother's companion and the music teacher was that at the age of 11... When someone is presented in your life that you find fascinating, that you find charming, that you find handsome, that you find right, yes, you build a trust relationship, yes, or you build a trusting reaction to things, and so I thought nothing when one day I was whisked away out of assembly and taken into a private classroom and was pressed against a um, Mm. closet Mm. and was um, passionately feverishly kissed. I thought myself to be one of the luckiest girls in the school, Vera. Right, yeah, because you were kind of- I got picked. Yes, I was chosen. And so that went on for some time until the decision was made to take it to the next level.
0: Mm.
1: And so without warning, without the ability to make the decision for myself, without even asking, I was, now I see it as raped. And um, my virginity was taken by this individual and years and years and years of unknowing, Um, captivity and hostage ensued after that. I was brainwashed. I was kept from things that I loved and things that I, as a teenager, I should have had. Excuse me. The the freedom to experience. My entire childhood was taken away from me at that time. But the brainwashing, I think, was the most critical part of it because what happened was is that it lasted for a while. You mean I'm by to call it yes, I'm going to call it a relationship. Yeah. But it only occurred whenever it was convenient. And so there were times when I felt the freedom to be able to go on and live another life, yeah. to live um um, uh, but every relationship was torn apart by whenever his decision to have me occurred. And so that went on for years until lo and behold, one day I thought, okay, this is going to be my husband, but that was not to be the case. Yeah. And at 23, I want to say, uh, now we're talking about from the age of 11 to the age of 23, um, the announcement came that he was getting married oh. and that it absolutely was not going to be me. Yeah. And um, was that it was- Was he much older the,
0: than you? Do you
1: know? Y- yes. Yes, seven years older than I. Okay. So he was a young teacher, mm-hmm. but old enough to know what he was right. doing. So that was my second experience with trauma. What did Again, you do? at the when age you... of 11, you don't know how to cope. You don't know. No, you but what did, you how... How...
0: what did you do when you learned that he's getting married?
1: Oh, I was devastated. Yeah, I was devastated. And so I began a lifestyle that was pretty promiscuous. yeah and uh, during that time, I met my oldest daughter's father, and uh, we were in a relationship for some time. Um, but but before then, with this same individual that that um, violated me physically, I also learned how to do drugs. oh boy, yeah. I learned how to smoke marijuana and I learned how to sniff cocaine
0: what a great and influence. so hmm. i'm sorry
1: i said what a great
0: influence yeah oh yes
1: oh yes yeah. um and what happened was i developed a taste for it myself
0: well it's so
1: whether i was with him or not i began to smoke marijuana regularly and sniff cocaine regularly hmm. that became part of my lifestyle and it spilled into the relationship with my oldest daughter's father. Yeah. And that went on for a very long time until I was introduced to crack cocaine, Vera. Oh, and that was also from a boyfriend who wanted the relationship to be more exciting. Phenomenal. More exciting. Yeah. Little did I know that that was going to be the beginning of a very long journey of substance abuse and alcohol abuse and promiscuity. And so not having the tools yeah. from my upbringing, from my parents to understand the beauty of being who I was,
0: yeah.
1: I submitted to the lifestyle was and the substance.
0: Was around to, to help you? She was always
1: around, but she was never present. Yeah. And again, I'm not bashing anyone. Right. My mother was 15 years old when she had me. Mm-hmm. And so we basically grew up together. My father cheated on her very early on in the relationship because that was not what he was looking for. Yeah, I want your audience to know my parents are extraordinary people. My father has since passed away, which is another traumatic situation that I endured. And I know I'm skipping all over the place, but I do want people to understand that this has been a journey getting here where I am today. This has been a fight.
0: That's the the most important piece of your story because everybody goes through stuff and I'm not comparing how serious for anybody, anything that happened to... Every one of us, it's traumatic on its own. But the journey, how you get from that spiral, is the most important piece of your story because you—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard not to break, and it's and it, when it's keep repeating and it's adding on, it is kind of comfortable and easier to give in. So that's why I'm. Digging into it because I am so excited to see you how you are today. But I know that didn't
1: happen overnight. Not only did it not happen overnight. Like I said, it was a fight. But what I appreciate is the support that I had externally. So those things that occurred, Vera, illuminated in me Like growing up in New York city was already, I mean, you learn how to survive when you grow up in New York city. I didn't leave New York until I was 25. And that was to raise my oldest daughter in Florida, but you learn the skills to survive. And so while a lot of that stuff, I didn't even see as bad until I got much older, the illumination in my soul that as I got older and began studying behaviors in school and and taking theology classes, that this is all culmination of a reason. This all is the things that you endured so that one, you can see how strong you are and two, you can teach the strength of overcoming things. Yes. When I got older and began to experience things either because of post-substance abuse challenges or um, post-rape challenges or post-molestation challenges, I found beauty in my children. And my youngest daughter, who is still very much with me, Um, She lives with me and we share our home together. Something clicked in me in 2005. And this is after over 20 years of living a very dark lifestyle Mm -hmm. that I was more important than, I'm sorry, I I don't want to start weeping on you, but that I was more important than the life that I was wasting, yeah. That I, that there was a significance to being who I was and that my daughter deserved to have a, a, a present mother that I was really escaping things because, and responsibilities because I was, because I lived through the things that I lived through, but even more importantly, that I was responsible for instilling in her how to be a woman
0: that's right that's that why. that's a big yes lie. when it's something bigger than yourself you suddenly you are realizing that this is how she watches watches you as well yes and you are her role model and she yes she may take it as normal when it is not correct it's not just about you but it's about
1: another human being that's that is absolutely correct, correct. And yeah that's exactly what happened And so I completely, and listen to me when I tell you so many people will find this difficult to believe, but I promise you, this is exactly what happened. I looked over at my daughter sleeping. There was a whole ashtray of cigarettes in my bedroom. There was still paraphernalia in my bedroom. There was still alcohol in my bedroom. And in that moment, When I looked over at my sleeping child, I got out of the bed. I went into the bathroom. I looked absolutely horrible. I had never, I didn't even look like myself at all. I said, that's enough. That's enough. And Vera, in that moment, the taste for all of it was withdrawn from me. And I never, ever, ever looked back. And she's now 22 years old.
0: I love it. This is this is this is what this podcast is about <laughs> and don't worry about weeping cuz i'm weeping <laughs> oh. <Unbelievable. laughs> no it's it's really we sometimes we need to get almost to the bottom of it to 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 realize that what the hell am i doing to myself
1: exactly yeah? exactly I,
0: I absolutely believe it and when that moment comes sometimes you need uh, somebody to show you the mirror and sometimes you can find it in yourself. When that moment come, you will never forget when it happened, what you did, how you looked, what was, what day was it? I, I, I completely relate to you. That's, that's yeah. absolutely amazing. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Thank
1: yeah. you. I'm so, I, I delight in the strength. And I knew that it was those things because of course, afterwards, when you endure things like automobile accidents, it's so easy, yeah, to fall back into that self medicating mode, that self medicating mindset. Yeah, but I, it's I, pain I decided, away
0: or or calms it down.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who wants to think about that kind of pain? Who wants to think about? And so, I was medicating the emotional pains. Yes when I was doing drugs and alcohol. I was attaching myself to sexuality and my brand, for lack of a better term, was sexuality. Yeah. Because I felt, and this is so ridiculous when you think about it in hindsight, I felt like I was in control. Yeah. And I want your audience to know when you live that lifestyle, you are out of control. You might kid yourself into thinking that you are in control, but you are not. But I did. I felt
0: one thing thing that comes to mind when you say that it's the comfortable because it's the known and, and people believe control. But if you were in control, you wouldn't feel like you were feeling.
1: Exactly. Correct. I wouldn't have been doing what I was doing. If I was truly in control, I wouldn't have been doing what I was doing. Yeah. But even more importantly, I surrendered control and I decided that I didn't want to be in control anymore. I wanted to be better. Yeah. I wanted to heal. I wanted to be whole. I wanted to be successful. I wanted my gifts and my talents to be shared. I wanted to overcome and I wanted to call myself an overcomer. That's right. I wanted to show my daughter and be an example and a demonstration to my daughter that there's not an obstacle in this world. That if you don't set your mind to overcoming, you can't overcome. And my gift... As a result of all of that was a conversation that she and I had yesterday at the age of 22 when she told me there's nobody in this world I would rather go to for coaching and for leading and for guiding and for advice than you.
0: Isn't and that Vera, the ultimate price too?
1: That's the prize. Everything, yeah. That's the prize. Yeah. When your child tells you, that you are an influencer in the most remarkable positive way. Yeah. Nothing compares to that. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. Absolutely. So that's that's my win in this whole thing. And that's yes, the, I've that's done that businesses. The label. And-
0: that's the new label that you put on it because, like you perfectly said at the beginning when you are told PTSD or whatever, whatever it is called, when you put the label on it, that's your truth. And you, you, uh, act accordingly. And sometimes the, the people around you treat you as such. Yes. And I believe in my whole heart and I have run into this situation many, many, many times. Once you believe the label, you become helpless You become a victim because now it has a diagnosis or it has a name to it. And now you found a reason outside of yourself why you do things that you do, which is absolutely the opposite of because you will be what you believe you are. And you you had that moment when you decide I'm better than all this. Yes. And that's...
1: When you started to write your own narrative. My own narrative. And that's Despite exactly, everything. you yeah. said that perfectly, perfectly. I remember it's called post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. I couldn't remember either. I either. Remember. And I thought, oh my God, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, no, 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 no. My thing is I want to be powerful. I don't want to be stressed. That's right. I want to be determined. I don't want to be disordered. I want to be... I want to be powered. I don't want it to be post. And I really, really, really believe that traumatic is nothing more than a loss that you triumph over. Okay. So I want your audience to know and to understand trauma is a loss. Trauma is a loss. It's something that we endured, that we experienced, that we were challenged with is a loss. In my case, it was the loss of a left hand. In my case, it was premature loss of my virginity. In my case, it was the loss of my childhood. In my case, it was the loss of, of or an absent parent to lead and guide me in a better situation than I was. But I've gained so much more since I've stopped looking at the loss and looking more at myself. That's what I want your audience to know. Trauma is a loss, but it's also an opportunity to discover your true self. The moment that you take your thoughts away from the traumatic circumstance and begin to look at yourself and the resilience that you possess and the determination that you have and the desire to move forward, that's the day that you begin to grow post-trauma. Amen that's the day that. that you begin to say to yourself, I am worth getting better. Yeah. Now, does that mean that you don't grieve? No. Does that mean that you don't mourn? No, you do. I grieved the loss of my hand. For sure. When I when it first happened, I thought, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And his right hand on
0: top of it, yeah. No, it was
1: my left hand. Oh, I'm
0: right-handed.
1: Sorry, sorry. sorry. Yay! So it didn't change anything. Yeah,
0: because your hand was outside of the window.
1: Yeah, duh. (laughs) Yeah, no problem, no problem. And so before the accident, I was an incredible cook. I've always been a home chef ever since I can remember, influenced by my father. Vera, I cook better now than I ever have. My food is so much better and it's and it's so richer and, and it's because now I have to put so much into it that I'm determined to get a lot out of it. So there's, there's love now.
0: Yeah.
1: I never, ever, ever gave myself permission to let anybody bathe me, to let anybody feed me, mm-hmm. to let anybody brush my teeth, to let anybody help me or assist me in the bathroom. I'm a very, very, very knucklehead woman, Vera. I can tell.
0: (laughs) I can tell. That's why I like you.
1: I don't believe in letting anybody do anything for me that I can do for myself. Yeah. And that's why I am so grateful that it was my left hand and not my right. But I still would have figured out a way. And so that's basically what my journey has been. There's a lot more. But if I tell you everything, then we won't buy the book. That's
0: right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's incredible. And I'm so grateful that you, you went there because it is, you know, surreal for some people that, that they may go through trauma right now and thinking I can't just snap out of it. You know, like people, it, it takes time and you have to go through process. It may take weeks it may take years everybody is completely different correct eventually if you really want to and if you really have the why that makes the sense for you to find that meaning that you are meant to be here and be some somebody and maybe however ridiculous it sounds when you are in pain maybe this was meant so you can grow and use that to help others just like you did that's the moment when you find the strength to overcome whatever it is and and start looking at it as a lesson and stop dwelling in the loss but focusing on a future just like you said because Tony Robbins famously say whatever you focus on grows that's right so if we focus on if we replay the events over and over and over again for, for years to come, we just cement it in our brain. There's exactly. nothing we can change about it. We can only change what is happening right now.
1: Exactly. So there is that's one, perfectly said. Perfectly beautiful. said.
0: There is a beautiful quote that somebody shared on Facebook that uh, there is a reason why the rear mirror is so much smaller than the, the front shield, because that's where you're going. You cannot do anything about your past. You can make peace with it like you did. Because sometimes, and I, I could so relate to you because when you were telling that you felt special, actually, that the music teacher was taking liking in you. Because as a child, you don't realize what it is. You don't know it is wrong. You were probably thrilled that, oh my God, I'm so special, he picked me. But then looking back, you realize what, he took away from you the, exactly. the innocence and everything. And and yeah, and unfortunately that's what played for the following almost 20 years of your life, correct? It's that just, is. we don't realize it sometimes when it's happening to us because we are too small to understand the complexity of it. But looking back, and I'm I'm sure we all have moments in our life that were very wrong or very proud moments. And you can pick and choose where you go back when you need to draw on that strength.
1: That is so perfectly said, so perfectly said. And as you were speaking, you gave me a quote that I'm going to use. And that's this, our trauma is a snapshot of the big picture.
0: Absolutely, that's beautiful.
1: Our trauma and the experience of the trauma is a snapshot of the big picture. I I have shared this exercise with many people on Facebook that have reached out to me. And I want someone in your audience who is, and I'm going to look directly into my camera now when I say this. If you are experiencing a traumatic situation or you are on the other side of a traumatic situation, begin with one simple step. Buy a calendar that flips and each month it flips to the next month. I want you to begin from whatever day that you buy the calendar that evening, I want you to put a big X in that date before you rest for the day and then do the same thing the next day and the next and the next. And then every now and then look back at that calendar. The more X's you see, the more you are X-ing out what has occurred and opening up opportunities to what's still open. You will get stronger as you see those X's on that calendar. You will see that you've made it through another day. I never and would never tell you not to grieve. I'm simply saying, begin the process of healing. You're worth it. There's two reasons why. You need you and we need you. The world needs you. There's a reason why you have so many X's on your calendar. Try that just as a beginning.
0: It's beautifully said, and it's, it's completely sh- like resonate with my life philosophy later in my life when I am thirsty for simplicity. We are all trying to look into complex solutions and it's overwhelming and we get even more stressed while what we need is really <clears throat> sit down and, and take a simple steps. And this is beautiful idea because you are watching yourself how far you have gone and you are alive. It didn't kill you. You are getting better every single day. What a wonderful, wonderful idea. I love it. Oh my God. I love it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to start, um, because you should never deny yourself the privilege of healing from the trauma, but you should never deny that it occurred. Find the beauty, find the beauty in that circumstance, find the beauty. And for me, the beauty was um, that I still had the physical ability to still take care of myself. Yeah, That for me was very, very important. Yeah. It was very important.
0: You know, one thing came to mind when you were saying this, because... Uh, There are certain people and I'm not a trauma specialist. This is, this is not my field, but I obviously, like you mentioned, we lose loved ones. Um, I'm still grieving my husband. I'm grieving my mom uh, that they passed away within a few months of each other. Yes. And, And it's sometimes we have the tendency to push through because we are so strong and so confident and we we can deal with this and we, we don't need anything and I'm fine. And all we're doing is prolonging the pain because when you push it down in and you really don't take time to take care of yourself and grieve properly, it's gonna bubble up in the least expecting moment. <laughs> and unfortunately, it is true that, you know, it's it's uh, this is different what you're doing but I I'm dealing with widows and and uh, some of them are way too young to give on life and way too young to be defined by grief only yes but there, there are two extremes they either shut off and and just get broken yes everybody needs their time and everybody's different and i always respect that everybody is completely unique in the way what they need and how they need to grieve but the one thing is there are other extremes that rush through and feel like oh i'm supposed to get out there i'm supposed to i'm supposed to that's the word no it's what is right for you is the only rule that you should be going about because You, what you went through, did your growing for you. What you went through made you who you were at that moment when you for yourself realized that was enough. And you cannot get there unless you really allow yourself to to process that whole thing.
1: Very well said. said.
0: So I have seen people who are questioning, like, am I ready for another little relationship. Well, if you are asking yourself, then you, that's your answer. You may not be, you need to really, you know, take care of yourself first and look inside and, and feel what you need to feel. Because if you rush to another relationship, it may be disaster for both of you because you will still be carrying that pain that is rightfully there. That you didn't process, and it's not fair to you or your next partner.
1: Absolutely.
0: This is is completely off the topic, but it just came to me when you were saying, because we need that process. You can speed it up. You can some somebody may take months, somebody may take several years. I have a friend out there who was processing her mom's debt for over 10 years.
1: Sure. And like you.
0: And I want to share something very, very quickly. I don't know. if I, you I saw the, expression... the thought that okay, she... go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I wrote I'm sorry. the book to process the pain, just like you did. It's 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 a therapy for her, and and it's, I'm sorry, but I just wanted to finish the thought. Oh no,
1: my that's... apology. Please no, accept my apology. Totally yeah, fine. yeah. I don't know if you saw the expression on my face when you said we find that we think we're healing when we say no. I need to move on. I need to exactly that's a bunch of crap.
0: Yeah.
1: It, 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 it just is. That's what I call the stage of denial.
0: Yeah.
1: That's when you are pretending to be and experience something that you are not really, that you really are not or experiencing.
0: Yeah.
1: It's okay to be okay. It's great to be all right. It's phenomenal to be whole that's, I just wanted to add that to what beautiful statements you were making.
0: Absolutely. But can you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference?
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like I said, like you said, everyone is different. And so we all have different ways that, that our strength can manifest. Um, I believe that self-affirmations are something that are also very important. I think that that we, we can, for example, in the case of your friend, I lost my mother. It hurts me that I've lost my mother. She was a good mother. I enjoyed my relationship with my mother. My mother was an important piece in my life. Yeah. My mother taught me to be the woman that I am today. When you begin to hear yourself say those things, you'll find the beauty in the relationship, rather than the trauma in the loss.
0: That's right.
1: Show yourself the beautiful things about what you've lost. And it may not heal you, but it may make you feel better. If nothing else, it will put a smile on your face.
0: That's absolutely right. Because the, the bad memories are there, they cannot be denied but mm-hmm. you have the choice of what you focus on because with the bad thoughts never comes anything good out of it. You, yeah. you have to, if you want to really turn your life around, you need to start focusing on what makes you happy instead Absolutely. of what, what Absolutely. you lost or what hurts you because it doesn't deny the reason for you to feel that way. But if you want to overcome and if you want to really look forward, that's necessary inner work that you have to do
1: correct? i love that i love you vera i'm so glad we met
0: well i think like i said at the beginning i think there's always reason and i am thrilled that i actually made the decision to start this podcast because i was thinking about it for a while and like everyone i was The first thing that comes to mind, who I am to think I can do podcast. First of all, I have an accent who will listen to me, right? But I also used to be editor-in-chief back 20 years ago in Prague, Mm. now more than 20. And one of the biggest joy of my life was to meeting people. And I was privileged to interview some famous, super famous actors, singers, artists of... The czech culture scene and you have some idea about who they are based on the role they play or how they you know how they are portrayed in the media but then you meet them in person and it's so much deeper and it's if you are capable of really seeing their heart and their soul is a whole new experience of that person and that's what i really loved and That was my main reason why to start this podcast. So I can meet people like you. And like I said, we all have really hard things that we're dealing with. And some may be dealing with it right now.
1: That's why it's called third chances.
0: Exactly. It's there's always another chance. And I don't know if you listened to any of my episodes before. But uh, I had a gentleman that I absolutely admire. Uh, his name is Ed Wins, And now I don't remember what number of episode it is, but look it up.
1: Okay. What is it? He, uh,
0: let me see. Ed? I, I may be, fi- be able to find the number of the episode. Give me one second here. Oh gosh, I should have been prepared for that. It just came to me that you may, you may really enjoy this. Okay. His episode was number 21 and he's former, he's former missionary or that's wrongly said. He's still missionary because he still does plenty of good in the world, but he was born into missionary family. He was a preacher. The way he speaks, you can see that he must be preacher. He must be doing what he's doing because his words make you <laughs> feel something. And, and you see him, I, I see him today because I met him two years ago. And all I see is this wonderful human being who is on top of the success, who has beautiful wife. They are happy together. They are in love. Everything is sunshine and butterflies, right? Okay. And then you learn that it's not that long ago that he was losing his wife for cancer. At the same time, he was losing his condo, And at the same time, IRS was at his case. And that's one of these things is enough to break you. And when you hear stories like that, that not only he overcame it, he found love again and he is now some of the most influential people that I love and admire and love to be in his presence, because he's such a wealth of wisdom whenever he opens his mouth. and I
1: absolutely the compassion love the that. passion
0: that he has. He told me one that. thing, and that was because I was going through my own grieving. He said, "When you go through hell, don't stop."
1: perfect perfect
0: just just, we must keep going and it's gonna get better i promise it will (laughs) and i don't know why i'm emotional now because ed always makes me feel a lot yes
1: yeah yes
0: if you have time please listen to that episode because i i absolutely love his story and I wanna have him back because we never talked about what happened to his new wife. That uh actually they had very big health care, and she's a nurse, so she knew exactly what that mean. And oh, wow. they overcame it, and it's a spectacular story on its own. So I want him I back. Promise,
1: I promise that I will. I promise that I will. I um I my word for the year is intentional and I want to be more proactive about. Yes engaging, um, and being a part, like, I think it's so important for me to be a part of your world as well. Um, and I, I, I love that you give yourself permission to be vulnerable. It's okay. Um, that just makes my heart grow fonder. And thank you for sharing his story briefly. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that with me when you are in hell, go through. Yeah. Because it doesn't.
0: Somebody else told him that it's, it's not from his head, but he was told that when the, the moment when he needed it the most. And it's so profound because like I said, the simplicity of it, it's profound because Mm -hmm. we have tendency to give up and, and just freeze and, and, whatever you know and that's not how we live we only have this one life <laughs> and i didn't mean to make it so sentimental because uh like uh, the emotions are raw of course and we both can feel and but it's it's there's a big hope and
1: in it's the okay and it's, it's okay it, it 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 makes you human yeah. I see you now as a person and not just a podcaster. <laughs> the naturalness of the flow of our conversation has been phenomenal. I love the fact that you are not afraid to be vulnerable with your guests. And I really hope that you don't edit that out of the recording. Of no, 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 no. no.
0: And I have cried most more times, to be honest. So I don't remember where exactly, but I know that, um, you know, it's, I, I don't want this be the perfect shiny podcast where everybody says the right thing and everybody is on their best behavior. I want to showcase you as a person you are. And that comes with all the flaws, awesome. all the glory, exactly as you are. Because what I love about this world and what I love about the God creation is we are all absolutely unique. There is not one other person in the world that is same as you you may Beautiful. look like somebody but they don't share your experiences they don't share your values they don't share your childhood where it's it's just imagine how insanely powerful that is you are the only person in the entire world of the history of the world that is like you like you you better use it and don't blend in and don't try to be Average, so you don't stick out because that's the opposite of what we were put on this earth to do. And you know that, and you found that answer. It took you 20 years, but for a good reason. Never mind, you would never be the same person you are now if you didn't go through that hell. I know that.
1: Yes, you are absolutely correct. And the beautiful part about what you're saying, and this is a saying in the church. I may not look like what I've been through or I'm going through, but at least I don't smell like smoke.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice. And, you know, it also reminds you, uh, as I'm featuring these stories, and some of them are really mind-boggling, it's every time we encounter people, and we may not be in the best mood or whatever, and somebody say something or does something that triggers us. And I have been, like you said, intentional to catch myself not to respond in second, not to respond immediately, because I realize I have no idea what that person might be going through. And there may be a good reason why they are impatient like that or why they did. It doesn't excuse it, but when you have a little more compassion and you don't respond spontaneously and say something you may regret, you realize that people calm down around you and that you are spreading this compassion with, within your you know, immediate circle. I have been exposed to a group of people that I worked with for, for several months. And there was this very bitter young woman, Mm -hmm. very unpleasant, very unfriendly. I hated the way she dealt with customers. I hated the way she was kind of pushing away people. She was really being not only unfriendly, but she would actually take her time to make your life living hell. Like she was trying to, I'm a miserable. So everybody around me must be miserable too. And if God forbid somebody told her something, she would go and talk to five other people to assure that she's right and they are wow. right. You know? Wow! Wow!
1: Wow! It's,
0: it's the pattern that you start noticing, and I just it, it, I I was looking at it and I'm like I cannot have her break my inner peace that I work so hard to achieve. You know, it's that's my you know chamber. This is my health. This is my emotions and my life and I cannot let her just because she's miserable who knows why I can't let her steal my peace away so exactly I started ignoring it and just be myself and be pleasant to people and be you know showing her kind of even though I didn't think of it that way that it could be done differently and yes people just react to you differently when you are different yes and believe it or not a few weeks later i noticed she was speaking to customers differently and she was repeating some of the words that i would say which was funny because from me it it came from the heart from from her she was trying to like repeat what she heard oh that wow word, oh wow you know? yeah yeah but people react to it and she liked it because suddenly she wasn't that unpleasant person and but she just didn't know where to take it further because it didn't come from her it came from somebody else but you can even influence the most miserable person around you not that lecturing them how they should not be and what they should and what they shouldn't because they will never hear you but when they see consistently that somebody else acts differently and gets different results they may arrive in the decision themselves and yes that was really powerful because I have never seen that I that's used to, amazing I used to make snap judgments with people you know like we all do and it's again being human somebody pisses off we are pissed you know correct and correct and then when you go to <clears throat> something like this that you did you start treasuring that piece more because you know how much it takes to get there, and so little things just don't bother me because you start realizing it is your reaction to it that makes it elevating.
1: Absolutely, and your response to things can change it for the better or for the worse.
0: Absolutely, and
1: I love that you choose to make things better.
0: What do you do for your for, you know, achieving your peace? to be in a good shape, to be there for your clients, to be there for your daughters,
1: to be your best. I pray, I cook, I have um, meditations that I read on my phone um, and or I just act as silly as I know how to act.
0: No, that's absolutely fantastic. I
1: love being silly and it does something to decompress it helps me to decompress. If I think silly thoughts, if I think, um, there's a, there was a saying that if you are, if you're ever terrified to go on stage and speak to a, a group, just imagine them in their underwear, right? Just silly things that help me to decompress. Yeah. Um, and then I remember more than anything, how grateful I am that Although my situation may not be exactly what I want it to be, Vera, it could always be worse.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know, being grateful doesn't allow your mind being upset. When you are grateful, you cannot think two thoughts at the same time. So when you are grateful, you cannot be miserable. When you are grateful, you cannot be unhappy. And that's, you can always bring it there. Because it's your choice if your thoughts will make you sicker or healthier.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Do you want to continue to stress and be depressed or do you want to survive and overcome? And I'm choosing to survive and overcome because um, so many people in my life and in my circle, when the accident happened, consistently have told me that they just cannot imagine how well I'm taking it, that they just cannot imagine how well I'm dealing with it. Yeah. That if it were them, a, one person told me she would have committed suicide. And I said to myself, because that's where we, that's where our mindset is.
0: Yeah.
1: If I can't control it, then I'm going to submit to it. I may not be able to have controlled the fact that I lost my left hand, Vera, but I can certainly control how I live my life after that. I can control how I think about things afterwards. And so, like you said, I find those areas of decompression and I may even look at my arm and go, oh, I never saw that. (laughs) And find the stupidness and the yeah. fact that I've been living with this for six years now, yeah. I never saw that.
0: Yeah, but that's the that's the didn't up didn't Oprah says, I'm a master of my soul. I'm master mm. of my destiny.
1: It's no, that was um she 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 has said I know, it. She repeated. It. Oh I know oh it's yeah not, yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. We do we
0: do really like we are more powerful than anybody recognizes and. It's, we cannot control what is happening in the life. We cannot control what is happening in the world. We cannot take it on all because we can't be savior for everything. We can only control what's going on inside of us. And you cannot control other people, what they say, what they do to you, but you can influence that by how you
1: react to things. I would rather be a positive influence than an angry soul. Absolutely, anger is such a waste of time. And I, you know how I know that? I was angry for a lot of decades. Yes. I was resentful. I was miserable, and I stayed in my lifestyle because for me that, that was, was the, the best
0: you thing to do. That was the best you you knew how to cope with all that, and that's totally fine because not. Not that it's fine, but it it made you who you are today. And look at that price you received just yesterday from your daughter. Isn't it all worth it for that one little- Yes,
1: for that one sentence Yes, that changed the rest of my life. I am okay. Like the book says, I may not be Michelle Obama, but damn it, I'm all right. Yes, yes. Just as I am. And that's the real message in the book is I want people that read it to be all right, just as they are. And it doesn't have anything to do with Michelle Obama. I don't know why that title came into my mind, but <laughs> it does have to do with my decision to be okay, just as I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And look at, how, look at where you are and how many people you may impact with your powerful story. And I'm I so, so proud that you made time for me and that you were able to share it here. We had wonderful exchange and it's, it's going to stay with me for a while.
1: Oh, good. And
0: I just hope that if anybody felt connection with Janet and anybody felt that this, she gets me and she understands what I'm going through, don't hesitate to reach out. I will post all the contact information in our show notes.
1: Please. I,
0: I hope the right person will find it. The right, pencil, the right person will take it and reach out because it is. there's no need to suffer alone. And there's always more people in the world that can lift you up, help you overcome and belong to at the group of survivors survivors that would not allow themselves to be called victim
1: exactly exactly it was an honor and it was a pleasure and i thank you for the opportunity vera
0: thank you janet it was beautiful beautiful talk thank you so Yay!
1: much celebrate let's celebrate yes <laughs>